What's up, homegirls? Welcome to Benevolence, where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table. We are your hosts, Ceci and Nisha. Benevolence is a ministry where we uplift and encourage through topics of conversation that are important in our Christian walk. We are going to get real. We will focus on topics that we're curious about and what many are afraid to talk about. We save the seat just for you. So sit back, relax, and let's get to it. You are listening to episode six beauty and imperfections well liz we want to thank you so much for joining us on an episode of benevolence podcast welcome 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 liz (laughs) thank you so much for having me i'm so excited to be here of course of course um we're so excited because you know you're joining us and you get to talk to us about your testimony and what God has done in your life. Um, for those of you that are listening, you know, Liz is, um, she is also a podcaster. She has an amazing yes. podcast called Beauty Marks Podcast. She's been doing it for about a year and a half or so. She's been doing yes. it for a almost while. two years. Yeah, almost <laughs> wow, two years. it's been almost two years. It's awesome. Two years. But she is, she is killing it. She is killing it. She is amazing going- podcast. She is bringing so many people in. She's talking about so many different topics and we want to commend you because you're doing an amazing, amazing job. Um, And this is just the beginning, you know, for your podcast and for your ministry and for what God has in store for you. So welcome once again. (laughs) Thank you. Very excited to be here. And like with you guys, I love the space that you have created for these kind of conversations. And I feel like we have a really similar heart to, um, talk about the real conversations that are not spoken about and also give space to women to feel heard and seen and know that they're not alone. Yes. Awesome. Yes. That's awesome, Liz. Um, so this episode is pretty much about you. It's about your yes. testimony and what God has done in your life. Um, and we do have some questions at the end that we'll, you know, that we'll give to you and we'll ask you. And then, you know, throughout the conversation, we'll, uh, we'll obviously ask some things here and there. But honestly, we just want um, to just tap into your life and tap into your testimony and to know what has God done for you. So whenever you're ready. <laughs> it always feels weird getting interviewed when you're always <laughs> interviewing people. So I'm like, all right, where do I start? But no, thank you for giving me the space. Of and um, I was raised in a Christian home. So my parents, from when I remember, they were always taking us to church, had the Sunday, you know, routine and um, with my sisters so I'm the middle child. And it was always something that we cherished and something that I saw with my parents praying together. And I'm really thankful for them for instructing me in that way. And um, we moved a lot growing up. So it was kind of like a very unsteady Um, childhood though. And Mm -hmm. um, throughout my years, you know, I struggled with some things internally, even though I was going to church and I was doing all the quote unquote Christian things. Um, I was very involved and still had these like feelings on the inside that were going on. Um, I struggled a lot with like my self-esteem issues and just my mental health, but I didn't know how to name it at that point. And, um, I had gone through sexual abuse very young and that was something that I actually didn't deal with until I was much older in my twenties. So it was a lot of things that I was kind of Mm -hmm. working through internally that, um, was kind of coming out throughout my years, you know, that led to me having disordered eating and it led to me being super insecure about my body, seeking attention from 
uh, boys and especially struggling a lot with uh, my identity of who I was and my value and in a cycle of toxic relationships for many years that led to a lot of mental health issues, a lot of unhealed trauma from my childhood that um, continued to like hit that wound over and over of that. I'm not enough, that I'm not loved, that I need, um, someone else to give me that affirmation. And so God has really worked through my story in that way to like, call me for who I am and say like, you are mine and you are loved and you are seen not because of anybody else. And He's definitely helped me to see also mental health as something that like God gave us emotions and he understands it and he um, made us. So it's like, Mm. he, like, I feel like there's two, like, I, I always focus a lot on mental health because I know my journey has been of understanding that we can have both. And, um, that's kind of where my story, you know, has been. And so now I get to talk about that (laughs) more, um, on the podcast and, so in, in regards to like your upbringing, um, where did, where, were you always here in Florida or were, were you in another city or? So, yeah, so I was actually born in Miami, um, mm-hmm. lived in Honduras for a few years, then moved to Oklahoma and that's where I was raised oh, wow. mm-hmm. uh, most of my life. And then I came down here to Orlando in in like 10th grade. And then I've been here ever since. So it's, it was a lot of like instability, like very like, you know, moving around like family and work. And so, um, I had to adjust to like making new friends and like, you know, it's kind of hard, like those years in Mm -hmm. high school where it's like, you're meeting people and, um, like, who are you? Like, what do you want to do? Like discovering yourself. Like, so I went through a lot of those stages. Now, when, when you were like, let's say a kid, I would say like maybe adolescence, maybe in your preteens, mm-hmm. you know, what were some challenges that, cause obviously I, I, your, my testimony and yours is they kind of run parallel to each other. Yeah. And I know that a lot of the trauma that I had endured early in the beginning, it kind of affected me as a kid and it, it affected my identity very early um, because I was exposed to things that a normal child shouldn't be exposed to. So mm-hmm. um, I remember just having to deal with a lot of like um, identity, even my own sexuality at times, mm. you know, just kind of just not knowing if, you know, I liked girls or I liked boys. And um, yeah. a lot of the peer pressure from even middle school was, you know, was there and Mm-hmm. and always looking for attention always looking for love mm. and, and and seeking that so how was that like growing up like in the early you know preteen age especially in Oklahoma because girl mm. I'm sorry but I don't know where the heck Oklahoma is <laughs> it's in the middle I don't, <laughs> I don't know what it's like living over there so yeah. and I remember mm-hmm. your sister she was on um Stephanie, she was on a on one of our episodes in past seasons and she had shared, you know, her story and how it was very difficult for her. And she went through mm-hmm. a, a totally different mm-hmm. journey. But like, how was that? Like, how was growing up with your parents and with your family, with your sisters in a different state instance? Um, maybe, you know, just from the childhood trauma, how what were some of the difficulties and challenges yeah. that you faced as an early preteen kid? Mm-hmm. 
Well, because we moved so much, like, I feel like we became so close, especially me and my sisters, we became super close because the dynamic there was so different. Mm -hmm. Like people didn't look like me. You were either white American or Mexican. Mm -hmm. And so if you didn't fit in one of those, then it's Mm kind of like you. So I remember saying that I was Mexican. I was like, I'm Mexican (laughs) because nobody knew we're Honduras. Yes. I was like, I am Mexican. Like I even had like a chola stage, like complete, like the big. I think I did too though. Yeah, you did. I'm Puerto Rican. So I did. <laughs> it's like I was trying to fit in so hard. And then I went to like the Abercrombie with Hollister yes, face. Yes, like I was like girl. trying. It was like a lot of like, I just wanted to fit in so bad. Um, I think now I see that um, you know, with my disordered eating, it was like my that was a way like eating unhealthy eating habits. That was the way that I was coping with how I was mm. feeling because of my sexual abuse and um just not knowing like what was going on. And like, Mm -hmm. I would have dreams at night and I would just feel like a lot of fear and I would get like anxiety as a child, but I didn't know the name of that. And so I feel like that led to me having this just, just kind of like feeling lost within myself Mm -hmm. and like kind of going to certain extremes of, you know, not eating. Like I was a little overweight. Now I know I was emotionally eating. So I was emotionally eating when I was very young. And then I got Mm -hmm. into this habit of where I wanted to lose weight. And because I got bullied in middle school Mm. and I was kind of like a late bloomer. And so I, um, like it was always about like, um, you know, guys making comments about my butt and like how big and like, so I felt super insecure about my body. And then I got into this cycle of like, well, like I'm going to lose weight. And so I stopped eating. And a lot of the girls around me, like I was kind of one of the heavier, curvier girls and all my friends were like really skinny. And so I stopped eating and I would literally, I remember like being like one bite, like I would like pretend to eat like something. And I was like, okay, like one bite, like, oh yeah. Like, and just like throw things like I would always turn my plates into like mm. you know so nobody will know wow. turn my plate into the trash like and just that became such a cycle and so I lost a significant amount of weight really fast mm-hmm. and when I went and you know everyone's like whoa like love it and you know that that admiration and that affirmation feels great because you're like wow like people see me now like yeah. I feel yeah. seen and we, we, we equal that to love, at least mm-hmm. I did. And so mm-hmm. like people see me, people love me, people like me because I didn't like myself. Yeah. Yeah. And so that whole process kind of got me, you know, to attract certain people that like, you know, um, that are very superficial and like mm-hmm. those things. And, you know, kind of, I started dating, uh, like, an, I think it was like seventh to eighth grade, but I started dating like a 17 year old at like oh, 13. Wow. <laughs> and so I was like, what is this? But at the time, you know, I felt cool. Like I felt popular. Yeah. <laughs> like, look at me. Um, but I was definitely exposed to things that I shouldn't have and, you know, wow. put in places that I shouldn't have. And, um, I feel like all of this was all like m- my desire to be like loved and, hmm. you know, And I remember, um, the first time that I got cheated on by my boyfriend and it broke my heart and it broke my little heart Mm -hmm. because I just felt like my whole illusion of like, Oh, so someone else is better than me. Like there's always go, I'm still not good enough. So I've lost weight. I I'm in this click trying to be like them and look like them, but I'm still not enough. And so it kept hitting at that wound Mm -hmm. of like, I'm not loved. I'm not cared for. There's always going to be someone better than me. 
And all those insecurities started going, continuing up until high school, because literally in every relationship that I have been in, I have either been emotionally or physically cheated on. So it always hit that place. And people would tell me like, but you're beautiful, you know, but you're this, but I don't, I never saw it. Like, honestly, until very recently, I would say I healed that area of seeing myself the way that other people see me, because Mm -hmm. I was always reaffirmed that I was not. And the boyfriends that I would have wouldn't compliment me. Mm -hmm. The people, it was like, always like, "Mm," like, yeah, but there's someone else. They're like, oh yeah, but this. Yeah. So that cycle continued and, um, even being in church, you know, like I Mm -hmm. did the whole purity culture, the, the rings and I felt more (laughs) shame than anything about my sexuality. And I felt like just because of what happened to me when my sexual abuse, I also felt like I was already tainted from a very young age. Mm -hmm. And that all just continued to carry on throughout. Mm -hmm. Like that was like, the message of myself, you know, like the shame of feeling like I wasn't enough and, um, continued up until I was an adult and I got into a relationship with someone from church. And, um, that Mm -hmm. also was a toxic relationship that was not healthy for me. Mm -hmm. And and I feel like the message Mm -hmm. definitely today of someone is like, definitely look at the fruits of people. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not just a position in church, you know, anything Mm. can happen with anybody. And, um, you know, like I was able to find my healing, like through therapy and Mm -hmm. through learning, but it took me a very long time. Yeah. And now we know you're a big advocate for therapy. And we love that about you because we yes. know that a lot of people don't believe in therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for being an advocate. But my question to you is, is what was your breaking point that you were like, I need to talk to someone. I need to go to therapy. What was that mm-hmm. breaking point for you that you were like, I'm going to go to therapy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say Jesus and mental health. I'm going to make a shirt that says <laughs> like Jesus and therapy. <laughs> That's a good idea. Because, yes, because I feel so strongly about it because... I have dealt with like suicidal thoughts throughout Mm -hmm. like my life. And, um, that is something that, you know, because of my self-worth being defined by someone else. And like, when they didn't want me, I felt like, Mm. what's the point of me even being here. And I remember two very low points, um, that in 2017 and again in 2019, that I was really struggling with a relationship that I was in and a toxic relationship that I was Mm -hmm. in of just, you know, it was just not good for me at all, Mm -hmm. but I was fighting so hard to be in it, but I had like panic attacks, you know, we had unhealthy, very unhealthy fights and, um, just kind of felt like I wanted, like I had this codependency with this person that like this person was my life. And, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like all these things aside from the relationship were happening in my life. Like it was just, I didn't feel like a, like, a, like a a, cell, a center, I would say, or like a calmness. It was just like my, mm-hmm. my, my life felt like chaos. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, especially in 2019, because I was in a long-term relationship on and off for many years. And because of that relationship, like that definitely damaged my mental health, mm-hmm. but it, I already had certain things that I was dealing with. And it, when it got to the point of this relationship ending, I feel like it felt like my whole whole world was ending. And, um, you know, I, I was alone. I was very isolated at the time I had moved out away from my family. So it was kind of like just me, um, didn't really have the, 
the best relationship with my friends and that community. And like, so it was kind of like me completely apart from everything. And so, um, I was at a very vulnerable spot and, um, I remember just crying like almost every night, like in that, during that season of my life and just feeling like a numbness, just feeling like Mm -hmm. I was kind of like disassociated with my life. Like, like I was functioning, but like, it was kind of like, I was not there, you know, it's like an automatic Mm -hmm. mode, um, for such a long time like that. I feel like I forgot like the hope of like what good days felt like. And I think, Mm -hmm. Um, as time went on and I continued, um, it got really bad that my body also started giving me very big signs that something Mm -hmm. was wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, and I started, uh, I got a rash all over my body. My Mm -hmm. eye, like vessels of stress would pop. My skin was like flaring up, um, my body, um, at two occasions I was passing out. Like I passed out in Disney Springs at the movies one time and that was so scary and couldn't drive home after a work event one day. Like it was just, my body was just so shutting down, shutting down. Yes. But I, I don't know if you guys have read trauma, uh, the mm-hmm. body keeps the score. So it's about how mm-hmm. trauma and we hold a lot of our emotional, I would say emotional baggage or emotions or things that we stress and trauma, we hold it in our body. And that's why it makes us sick. Like it literally yeah. can make you sick when you are going through, uh, emotional pain, it can equal physical um, illness. And so that's what was happening. And I feel like that is what made me um, get help because I realized that it was much more than what I thought. Um, I had been in therapy for my relationship um, for a little bit before this, but Mm. I was just thinking like, oh, it's just like, fix Mm -hmm. him. Like, like Mm. Like, I wasn't really trying for me. And so over time I started kind of like changing the narrative of like, Oh, it's me. It's because I have a lot of unhealed trauma and I'm going, I'm like, there's, I have codependency issues and I have an anxious attachment and, um, I deal with high functioning anxiety and I, I feel dissociated with my everyday life. Like Mm -hmm. I feel very numb, you know? So it was just a lot of that, that struck me to start getting help. And, um, at the end of 2019, um, I was clinically depressed and I went to the doctor and they wanted to put me on medication. And that was so in, like a big moment because I never thought, wow. you know, like mm-hmm. me, like me, what? like I'm very outgoing, very mm-hmm. kind. Like I just am always out there mm-hmm. in my life. Like I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I've never considered myself someone that had struggled, but I was struggling internally for a very long time and nobody really knew. Um, so that was my moment that I'm like, okay, I need to do something about this. Wow. And, and I guess my next question would be, cause what would you say to someone who's seeing all the signs, but now I don't want to, like, I don't want to like put God in a box and Mm -hmm. and say that, you know, God, God can heal and he will heal. And that's why we, we believe in him. That's why he died mm-hmm. on the cross, you know, and, and that's why he sacrificed himself. And, but like someone who's like, who comes from a very religious background and just doesn't believe in the medicines or mm-hmm. in the therapy, um, you know, that solely believes only in the healing power, which the healing power is something that's unexplainable uh it's Mm -hmm. it's it's proven and And miracles can happen it's Mm -hmm. it's miracles can happen and we believe Mm -hmm. that 
but like I was, I'll be, I'll be honest to say like Nisha mm-hmm. and can testify mm-hmm. as well. Like therapy and mental health was like, that was something that just was not spoken about at church mm-hmm. ever. And we come from like very conservative backgrounds and, mm-hmm. yeah. and just ways of thinking that now as like adults and women and now mm-hmm. mental health society and all of that, mm-hmm. we see that there is a need for that. So yeah. what would you say to a listener or, you know, someone who, you know, is, doesn't see therapy or doesn't see antidepressants at, as, you know, medication as a source or a help. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, did you have that conf- conflict yourself or was that something that was easy for you to do? And then what was, what would you say to, to someone who has that mentality of just Mm-hmm. not relying on therapy and all of that, but which is possible, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I mean, it was very taboo. Like in my, even my mm-hmm. own family, like it was very, like, I, I think I was like the first one to go to therapy in my yeah. family. Like, so that was something that took a lot of strength because I, I think that I heard of therapy. Like, honestly, I'm like, where did I hear from therapy? I think I would hear it and be like, oh, that sounds good. Like, it's only for like serious issues. Mm -hmm. Like, it's only like for like people Mm -hmm. that are really, really sick. And I think I was because of um, the sexual abuse that I never really dealt with. I think that was like the first thing I'm like, okay, I have some trauma, you know, like I have Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. like kind of serious. So I think I like categorized it at first of like this thing, but then realizing that like, wait, like we all had big and small trauma like we and and people have all experienced something and um I definitely believe in the power of the of of the Holy Spirit and that he can heal and he can comfort us and he's Mm -hmm. there with us and he can help us but I feel like humans are just Jesus like God (laughs) made Mm -hmm. us so like holistic like he like so many parts of us like body mind spirit and I feel like he gave us these emotions and there were people, many people in the Bible that struggled yes. like, with their mental health. You just don't see it. Like, mm-hmm. It didn't equal like mental health. It was mm-hmm. just like, we see it like they had like, ev- like every emotion possible. Mm-hmm. And even Jesus struggled and mm-hmm. with um, his emotions and just like, God, like maybe take this away. Like before he went on the cross, like he knew what he had to do, but it was like that, like fight of like, man, I, I just, these, this mm-hmm. feeling, like it was like, and he was in so much pain for what he was going to have to do. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, he wept and all these things mm-hmm. that he experienced and it's in the Bible, but I feel like we don't put it towards like us. We're not like, mm-hmm. Oh, like, so we relate, like we're in mm-hmm. this, you know? And so I think that for someone struggling with that idea, mm-hmm. you just have to remember that the spiritual part is only one part of us. And I feel like that is a great part, but you can be spiritually mature, but emotionally. Yeah. And you can be a little bit immature or not healed. Like when things happen and, you know, yeah. people say like when bad things happen to us, um, you know, that resentment that we feel, that bitterness that we feel, mm-hmm. that hurt that we feel, that wound. Mm-hmm. You can ask God to heal your wound, but you have to take some practical steps towards that healing. So good. Mm-hmm. It's not so just good. one thing like, oh Lord, mm-hmm. like I forgive them, like release this, like mm-hmm. some affirmations. No, sometimes that means like 
working through like the root of where that comes from. Like, man, have Mm -hmm. I been rejected before? Like, why does this hurt so much? Like, Mm -hmm. like, man, I feel like this pain, like a literal pain in my chest. Like every time we talk about this topic, like what is Mm -hmm. it about this? Mm -hmm. Maybe you're being triggered. Maybe there's some trauma there. Maybe there's some unhealed wounds there. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we cover it with, you know, just like put a bandaid on it. Like Jesus can heal all wounds and he can, but we're also have to be an active participant Mm. in our healing and in our life. Like I know many people that I love that I know that they're not healed. They're, they Mm. go to church every Sunday. They do the things that they need to quote unquote do. And they believe in the power of God and and his miracles and everything, Mm -hmm. but they are very bitter and they're still holding on to their trauma that happened to them at 20, at 30. And they bring it Mm -hmm. up all the time and they, you know, have all these like internal wounds. And I feel like just because they're not physical, it doesn't mean that we're not hurting and someone's not hurting. So I see therapy as like our internal work and mm-hmm. our internal, it can help our internal healing. And I feel like my therapist has been a Christian therapist that knows the word. And there's moments that she brings in scripture and she reminds me of who God has called me to be. And she lets the Holy spirit kind of guide the conversation. So it's not that it's a secular thing. Like yeah, yeah. there's people like there's people that are, that have the knowledge and the power to educate us to maybe set you free from something Mm. like an addiction, like Mm. addictions, people call them, you know, bondages and people call it in the spirit, like in the Christian world, like it's like a bondage and and all this, but maybe there's some trauma that you had that started creating that, that you started leaning on alcohol to soothe what you were feeling. And because of that, it became such an addiction. Like, and again, I'm not a mental health counselor, (laughs) but it's like, you know, do you understand? Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's such a deep part that I feel like takes a lot of vulnerability. And I would say a lot of just looking at yourself and saying, I, I know I have to work on something and Mm. I know I have to heal from this. And I, and I don't want to feel this way anymore because God wants us to live a life, not, not just of prosperity and feel good, but he wants us to feel free and to feel that we can truly be ourselves and love him with our whole heart, not things holding us back. So that's all I got to say. Get in therapy for everyone. Yeah, I was telling, um, I was telling Ceci like a week ago, um, I actually dealt with like, um, I have a, I have a problem with being honest when I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. um, I would rather just drown myself in like all my sorrows. I would rather just not tell anybody what I'm going through and just cry every night and like, Mm -hmm. just, oh, it's just horrible. So, um, I, one thing I do relate with, with you is, um, I dealt with like not, not feeling good enough or not. Um, I'm, I would compare myself with everybody and man, mm-hmm. I need to look like that. Or I need, I wish I could speak like her, or I wish I can do this and that. And then not realizing that like, there's only one me and, yeah. and God created me, Nisha. And that's, that's okay. And that's amazing. But I guess my question to you is, is you obviously had to admit that you're not okay in order for you to like seek help. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that I need help. I mean, mm-hmm. God is my source and God is my, my hope. Um, but however, how have you been able to be honest? Like, I don't know. I have a hard time just admitting, admitting that I'm not okay. And like, it's so funny. Like the other day, like 
Pam called me out and she's like, something's wrong with you, whatever, whatever. And that was the mm-hmm. only way that I was able to like tell them like, yeah, girl, I'm not okay. And I'm like crying or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I guess like, how is it like, how are you able, or maybe can you encourage someone that might be dealing with something that they haven't been open about or they haven't been mm-hmm. honest about? Like, how do you get to that point mm-hmm. to just be like, it's okay to not be okay. And to admit that you're not okay. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, thank you for being honest. I know that yeah. that's hard because you're like, you're saying I'm publicly here. Yeah, like, I know. I feel yeah. like, you know, everybody knows me as like, I'm always yeah. smiling. I'm, I'm, I'm actually yeah. the one that's counseling people and I'm like yeah. dying inside. I'm like counseling them. And like my friend group, I'm like, are you okay? Blah, blah. blah. Mm-hmm. And then in the meantime, I'm like dying inside. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. And it's hard. Everybody, as long as everybody else is okay, I'm fine. Like yeah. I could yeah. be dying and I'm like, okay. Like that makes mm-hmm. me happy to see someone yeah. else. Okay. Even though I'm like not at a good place. No, I mean, I think it took me a long time to be open like that because I also didn't like trust people, think people really cared at that point. Some people wouldn't follow up. So I would be open and I would be hurt or let down because I'm like, oh, I said something like really (laughs) hard, but I guess like it doesn't matter. So I feel like it took some time for me to be Mm -hmm. like, to give trusted people and safe people that space and like how Mm -hmm. you said like Pam for you like if she checked up she's probably a safe person for you Mm -hmm. to do that with will you do that with everybody no but Mm -hmm. I feel like having those core people where you like Mm kind of start saying like actually honestly I am having a rough day like I need to be encouraged today or honestly this happened today like can you pray for me or or those little things I feel like it takes some time and it's like a muscle you have to practice because I think most people are super guarded with their things as some people should like some people shouldn't know everything and I don't think everybody is a safe space but I feel Mm -hmm. like it took some time to realize that like vulnerability is not weakness it actually brings connection with people Mm -hmm. and when Mm -hmm. you get to share what you struggle with it makes you more human and it Mm -hmm. also helps people in like connect it like helps you connect more to others around you because people yeah people connect more with people that are vulnerable than people that are just like everything's great everything's mm-hmm. good it's like wow like I wish I was like her like what is she taking <laughs> you know and we want to be yeah. the strong ones and I think that like how you just said like you know you, we have God and of course but like he wants us in community he wants us to rely on each other to like mm-hmm. lean on each other when we're suffering when we're when we're going through like cry with each other laugh yeah. with each other like it's not only like I tell my friends I'm like it's not only through the good days like it's through the yeah. bad days like I mm-hmm. want you to lean on me you know so like same as like your friends want you to lean on them just as much. Mm-hmm. It, it creates that connection and that That's like so stronger connection with them. Mm-hmm. I feel when you're like vulnerable and other people are like, man, I, I feel the same way. Like we're here. You know, I've, <laughs> I've been through some rough stuff with my friends and I'm like, dang, I'm having a bad day. She's like, I'm having a bad day. So I'm like, you yeah. know, we're here to having a bad day. It's like, it's yeah. okay. Like, like it makes mm-hmm. you um, connect. And I feel like that helps the relationship, but I definitely feel like it's having compassion with yourself and that's so good. Um, learning the tools that you need. Sometimes we don't know how to manage our emotions. We don't know how to, what to do when we feel a certain way. Like how you said, like maybe some of us withdraw or maybe some of us react, or maybe some of us want to talk to people, other people, they like don't want to talk to anybody. So it's like figuring healthy ways to cope with how 
you're working through things and understanding that like, you're going to have good days and bad days and that's okay. You don't have to put on a face for anybody. And especially Mm -hmm. for God, first of all, like, first of all, for God, like you don't have to put on a face for him. You can Mm -hmm. be authentically yourself and be like, man, this is how I feel. Like God, like, I, I don't, no, like, I don't know what's going on. This season has been very difficult and mm-hmm. just being honest with him. Cause he wants the most authentic version of you. Mm-hmm. And then those okay. same people want the most authentic version of you, yes. not just the filtered perfect person, mm-hmm. you know, and they'll love okay. you for that. Thank you. <laughs> so good. Thank you it's for sharing. So good. You for sharing. <laughs> no, no thank you. <laughs> we like, a part of the friend group, obviously. And we mm-hmm. tell her all the time to be honest mm-hmm. with us. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it takes time. But it's good to hear from from someone else. Because <laughs> you're like, girl, I've been telling you that. Like, I love you regardless. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, yeah. it's just, yeah, that was great, Liz. So thank you. Um, So one, I'm going to just start with the questions um, to kind of like conclude the conversation. But um, I don't want to conclude. It's been amazing. I know it's been Thank amazing. You so much, Liz. It's so good. Um, but Love what it. have you learned throughout your life and your experiences? Oof. I mean, in my years that I have, I sometimes when I'm telling my story, I'm like, it's like if I live forever. But it's like I I feel like that we are more resilient than we think we are. Like when we're going through something hard, mm. we don't ever know how it's going to turn out. And we're like, I can't imagine better days than like, you know, but it's how we can keep going and that through God and, and through like healing, honestly, like internal healing is so Mm -hmm. powerful because then you're able to truly live the life that God wants you to live and Mm -hmm. bringing the opportunities. And, um, I would have never thought that two, three years ago, I would be talking, about my story and about my things, yeah. mm-hmm. like, even about the relationship, like, man, I wanted that to be my story. And I was fighting so hard for that to be my story. And now I get to actually help women that have been mm-hmm. through breakups and are single in their late twenties. And it's just crazy how that all has worked out. Like I would have never guessed, but I really believe that like God turns all our stories, you know, for his glory and for, to glorify him. Wow, that's so good. Um, Another question we want to ask you is, what word of encouragement would you give to someone who is going through or has experienced a situation similar to yours? And what steps can they take? Mm. It's a long one, I know. (laughs) Yeah, no, well, first keep going. I would say there are heavy days. There are days that you really want to give up. I know when I felt depressed and numbness and just felt like my life was kind of, falling apart at that point, I felt just in like, I would say despair. Like it was just such a dark place that I feel like until I was able to truly surrender and truly, and how that looked like was literally me, me being like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I don't want to feel this way. Like I want to feel better. Like I am sick and tired of feeling sad all the time and feeling just all these other emotions that Um, you know, like, I feel like life is such so much more, there's so much more to life than this. Like I would hope. Um, and so I feel like until I was able to surrender that to God and be honest with the people around me that I was struggling, um, is what helped me to 
get better and admit that I mm-hmm. wanted that change. And it, it took a lot of time. It took a lot of me having grace with myself of the things that I allowed, things that I kind of put myself in, to be mm-hmm. honest, some, some unhealthy patterns that I had and, and some toxic um, cycles that I had created over the time, over time. And it took some like looking and reflecting on myself and being like, man, like I want to create new patterns because we can always learn no matter what we mm-hmm. can always learn new ways and we can always, um, get better. Like, I really believe that, like we have the capacity to do that with like community, with God, with educating ourselves. And, um, I know that when you're healthy, like internally, like on the inside, like it radiates on the outside and you're better, like you're a better person. Like you're a better, um, you're able to serve with freedom. You're able to look outside of yourself and be like, how's my neighbor doing? Because I'm not so focused on my own things. I'm, I'm able to then step out and, and serve and, and, and look out and help other people. And I feel like that's what our story really does is really God transforms our lives to then be able to help other people and guide them through. Um, because you know, our direct pain is really the heart of our purpose. Like mm. what we struggle with is usually what God uses to help other people. Oh, okay. Shine that light. That's so good, Liz. So, so good. And like, I know we had two more, two more questions, but you already answered them. Um, yes. You answered them. I didn't want to, I didn't want, want you to repeat it, but Liz, we appreciate you so, so much. So Honestly, nice. I'll be honest. I am very encouraged today. So um, encouraged, girl. I'm so you encouraged. You counseled me, okay? You counseled oh, me too, that. even though like, you know, I'm not going, I'm, I'm not going through what Nisha's going through right now, but, um, or what she went through, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm in a dry season. Um, I, I don't know. I just feel just dry I feel like mm-hmm. and I and I know the last conversation we had I, I was talking to you about therapy and like that hasn't mm-hmm. like started yet and like like I don't know I just there's something that I need to fix you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I I feel it it's 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 mm-hmm. it's very I'm very numb right now it's very dry I don't feel mm-hmm. I don't feel anything but I know that there's something that's hurting yeah. and that I'm trying to like process but I don't know mm-hmm. how and I don't know where to find it like it's there it's like mm-hmm. it's like a benign like tumor or something yeah. it's, wow. it's just there yeah. that's what I personally feel like in my spirit and like I don't know how to like, to even begin. I don't, you know what I mean? Like I need mm-hmm. to, to find it first. I know it's there. And then mm-hmm. now I need to try to feel like, like, where is it? What are the, what is the area? What is the trauma? What is the experience that has caused that benign little tumor mm-hmm. feeling? And I just need to heal it somehow, obviously with God's mm-hmm. power, but definitely like, yeah the therapy yeah mm-hmm. well thank you for sharing that too and um mm-hmm. you know I I know I don't know exactly what you have all gone through but I know that like that awareness is like already a big step of you yeah. realizing like okay there's something here and sometimes at least for me that was where I was where I was like okay like let me then take this to someone that maybe can give me like walk me through some things to find that out because sometimes Mm -hmm. we can't like sometimes Mm -hmm. we don't know where to start and and of course that's also can be in your time with the holy spirit to be like god show me and he he does show us he's like yeah something will happen you're like we're right there like (laughs) right there that's what it is like so you know i'll be praying for you and and 
I know that that journey of like mental health, we all struggle like mm-hmm. in some way. And I feel like Everybody's we're more, something. Mm-hmm. yeah, everybody, like the more that I talk to people, I'm like, wow. Like, I mean, it's not only ha- now, but like, it's just been a lot going on yeah. in our, in addition to what we all personally go through. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, relying on each other and, you know, on God to help us through. And sometimes that looks different in different seasons. And I think I, 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 think also being around people that like believe in that that it's like mm-hmm. Jesus and maybe there's some other options yes. mm-hmm. to yeah. get because there's some things that they can't fully understand it. and since you don't have to fully understand people's story you can just yeah be there for them yeah mm-hmm. so, so thank, thank you, you. yeah so good. Absolutely. Thank, thank you so you. much Liz well Liz we want to thank you for joining us at the table of benevolence podcast if you are listening make sure you go to Beauty Marks podcast Beauty Marks. and you go and subscribe wherever you get your podcast and go bless mm-hmm. her podcast. Um, she is all about mental health, women empowerment, you know, testimonies, all different types of topics. She has amazing guests yeah. and she tells her t- different parts of her testimony throughout her season. Yes. So we bless you. We bless you, Liz. We bless thank you um, so Beauty much, Marks Liz. podcast. And we just thank you once again for joining us and being real and helping us through our And thank journey. you for counseling us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are amazing. And I love the space that you've created. I'm so proud of you guys. And continue that God will continue to do his thing with Benevolence Podcast. I'm glad you guys are back. <laughs> very excited. Um, and And, you know, we need to do something together soon. Yes, Yes. absolutely. So as we finalize this episode of Benevolence, we just want to remind you that you will always have a seat at the table. You are loved, you are chosen, and you have a purpose. Yes, so thank you all for tuning into Benevolence, where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Benevolence Podcast for more fun posts and videos. Benevolence Podcast is available on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, or wherever you get your podcasts. And stay tuned for next Monday's episode of Benevolence. You don't want to miss it. Bye!